0: This is Tennis Quick Tips, Episode 177. Hey, it's Tim from TennisFixation.com. I'm your host for the Tennis Quick Tips podcast. With every episode, Tennis Quick Tips brings you a quick and easy tip to improve your tennis game, and to make sure you're having fun every time you step on court. So I've got a question for you. How many of you are playing the one-up, one-back formation when you play doubles? And why are you doing that? Have you thought about all of the pros and cons of one-up, one-back? Do you even know what I'm talking about? Because Yes, there are pros and cons to this formation. So in this episode, we're talking about the most basic of all doubles formations, one up, one back. And we'll look at whether or not this is the best formation for playing out your doubles points. So today we're going to talk about doubles, and we're specifically going to talk about doubles formations. But before we get into that, I want to do a quick listener shout out. And this listener shout out is to you, all of my incredible Tennis Quick Tips listeners. I truly appreciate that you took the time to listen to the very personal story I told in my last two episodes, episodes 175 and 176. Those episodes are Are rapidly becoming two of my most popular. I'm really surprised about that. And I appreciate that because I really wasn't sure that you guys would even want to hear that kind of content. So thank you to all of you for listening in and for your positive comments and support. And I have to point out that episode 176 was my first episode of 2020 and I made a big change in that episode. Maybe you noticed. I actually changed my theme music. I've been wanting to do that for quite a while because I had this happy, upbeat music I had acquired that is, believe it or not, called Happy. That's the name of that tune, and I think I've mentioned that I've made many big changes to my tennis fixation site to make that more user-friendly for you. And so I'm also making some changes here on the podcast to keep this fun too. So I hope you all notice that stuff and that you like that song too, because I really do. Okay, let's get into it. Let's talk about and pick apart the one-up, one-back formation in tennis. So as I go through this episode, some of you will think this is pretty beginner tennis type stuff. And yes, in one sense it is. Because if you've been playing doubles for a while, there's a good likelihood that you are not just playing one up, one back when you play doubles. You're using other formations too. But the fact is, I still see many, many players, many very good players, staying in the one-up, one-back formation when they play doubles. Even players who've been playing for a long time. These players could definitely benefit from getting out of this formation, but they don't because they think that there are just so many reasons why playing one-up, one-back is the best idea. So if this sounds like you, I know you're going to want to listen in on this episode. And even if this doesn't sound like you, I hope you'll keep listening because you may learn something about one up, one back that you don't already know, and you might learn something that you can use to convince someone else to try a new formation. So before we get deep into this, let's just talk about doubles formations in general As you know, there are a number of formations that you can get yourself into when playing doubles. And by formation, I just mean the positions of each partner on the court. I did an episode about one formation when I interviewed Ian Westerman of Essential Tennis about the I formation. That was back in episode 104, and I'll have a link to that episode in the show notes if you wanna learn more about the I formation. But right now we're talking about really the most basic of all doubles formations, one up, one back. Now if you've ever played any doubles at all, I probably don't need to tell you what the one up, one back formation is, but just on the very off chance that there is someone out there listening who's not sure what this terminology means, I'll give a quick explanation. The one-up-one-back formation in tennis doubles means that one partner is playing at the baseline in one half of the court, and the other partner is playing up at the net in the other half of the court. This is how we usually start our doubles points. As an example, the server might start back on the baseline in the deuce court serving, and his or her partner would be up at the net in the ad court. And then very often, this is the formation these players remain in throughout the point with the server never leaving the baseline or the deuce side and his or her partner staying up at the net on the ad side. So that's what I mean by one up, one back. So now that we're all on the same page with what the one up, one back formation is, let's look at the pros and cons of one up, one back so we can decide whether or not that's what we should be playing. And we'll start out with the pros because those are the ones that I hear about the most. So the pros of playing one up, one back. Here we go, number one, it's the most basic doubles formation. As I said, the one-up, one-back formation is where we stand when we start a doubles point. And a lot of players just never leave this formation. I think this often happens when you're new to the game. If you're a beginner tennis player or even a lower-level player, you have so many things that you're working on, especially when you first start out, that learning another doubles formation can be very overwhelming. Your pro may not even talk about other doubles formations because he's picking up or she's picking up that it would be too much for you at this time. And especially if you're not even taking doubles lessons or if you're not doing doubles drills or if you're not playing doubles practice matches. Again, you may never work on anything different from one up, one back. So staying in this most basic of all doubles formations can happen very easily. Number two, it doesn't require a lot of thinking. Another reason I think people like to play one up, one back is that it just doesn't require a lot of thinking. Whether you're the serving team or the returning team, again, this is usually the formation you're in when you start the point. So it's not the wrong formation to be in, and it's just easy to stay that way. You don't have to think about whether it's the best way to play out the point or whether you should be doing something different. You don't have to think about what's happening on the court. You don't have to think about what your opponents are doing. You don't have to think about you or your partner's strengths and weaknesses or your opponent's strengths and weaknesses. You can just stay in this formation and know that things on the court may work out. Number three, it doesn't require a lot of movement. Another reason I think people like to play one up, one back is that they think it doesn't require a lot of movement or running around. The thinking is that by playing one up, one back, one partner is covering the whole back of the court, and the other partner is covering the net. So the logic goes, you don't have to move much or run around because the entire court is covered. And number four, it can cover the lob. Finally, I think people like playing one up, one back because they think it is the most effective way to cover the lob. The reasoning is that one partner is at the baseline, taking care of all of the lobs, while the other partner is up at the net, picking off shots and hitting winners. And this can definitely happen when you're in this formation. So I'm not saying that it doesn't cover the lob, because it can. So the one-up, one-back formation is not by any means a terrible way to play doubles. And it can work. And you can win points in one-up, one-back. And in fact, many good players, many good doubles players, many pro doubles players will use this formation at times. But let's talk about the cons of this formation because one-up, one-back is not all rainbows and unicorns. So the first con I see is, number one, it's almost completely defensive. One of the big drawbacks to one up one back is that you are playing almost completely defensively. The fact is the fact is if you're listening to this podcast you are much less likely to hit a winner from the baseline in doubles than you are to hit one from the net because you've got that pesky opposing net player you've got to get by. Yes, I'm sure some of you have amazing, hard, deep ground strokes that produce winners from the baseline. But remember, we're talking doubles here, not singles where you can often do quite a bit of damage from the baseline. In doubles, it's usually not enough to just hit amazing, hard, deep ground strokes. You've got to hit amazing, hard, deep ground strokes that can't be poached by the opposing net player. And this can be very difficult for even high-level doubles players to do. What usually ends up happening when you stay back is you're just keeping getting the ball back. You're not hitting winners. You're just keeping the ball going. You have to play very defensively without ever taking control of the point. Number two, it does not cover the entire court. You may think that by playing one up, one back, you're covering the entire court. But in fact you're not. A lot of your opponents who have good lobs also have other good shots. If you're back on the baseline on your side of the court and your partner is up at the net on his or her side of the court, you're leaving yourself open for your opponent to hit at least three that I can think of not-so-difficult shots. The first is the angle shot to your half of the court and away from your net partner. This shot can easily draw you off the court, making it difficult for you to hit a return shot, and it can leave your half of the court wide open for your opponent to hit a winner. The next possibility is that your opponent hits a little dink shot onto your side of the court meaning you have to run up to get it. Will your net partner get it for you? Maybe, but that means their side of the court is now open for the opponent to hit the next shot, which could be the winner. If there is any confusion at all between you and your partner as to who will get that dinky shot, you will be in trouble. The third possibility is for your opponent to just lob over your partner's head. I've seen this a lot. It's so simple and so effective because it means that if you're the baseline player, you're having to run back and forth to get those lobs over your partner. And some of those, you're going to be on the run, taking your backhand to get that shot. And that might not be your strongest shot. And if your partner is not switching every single time, that you're switching when you're running back and forth again you're in danger of leaving half the court open for your opponent to hit a winner. Number three this formation can neutralize your net partner. What I see a lot when two teams face each other and both are playing one up one back is two baseline players sending up lob after lob and two net players just sort of standing there watching and waiting for someone to screw up. What I also see is net players just sort of standing there watching and then getting nailed when the opposing net player finally gets a short ball that they can slam at them. As long as one player stays up and one stays back, that net player that is staying up often is not doing much of anything especially if they aren't aggressively looking to poach or move over to take a shorter lob as an overhead. When your partner is not involved in the point, when your partner is just standing at the net waiting for some opportunity to get involved, it means that half of your team is doing virtually nothing to contribute to winning the point. Not good. And number four, it doesn't pressure your opponent. The biggest con I can see to one-up, one-back is that it doesn't pressure your opponents. Not at all. Your opponents have a constant way out, an easy way out. They have so many options with the ball, as I said earlier, and they can always just lob. They don't even have to hit a very good lob. Just get it up and back to the baseline player. And if they can hit a good lob, A topspin lob that's going to move away from you, well, then they can just run that baseline player back and forth. Now, sure, if both teams are playing one up, one back, then you can play this lob game without either team feeling much pressure and with both teams just waiting for someone to make a mistake. But again, that is very defensive, and either team is often just as likely as the other to make the error. This formation doesn't allow you to put pressure on your opponent and draw out that error. You never really get control of the point. So what's the answer? Well, when you balance the pros and cons of one up, one back, I think you can see that there are a lot of good reasons to break out of that formation and try something different. Now, maybe you're saying... Well, I can't play anything other than one-up, one-back because I've never done anything different. Or maybe you're saying, look, my partner wants to play one-up, one-back, so that's the way we play. And if that's you, my advice to you is that it's time for a change. It's time to open up your doubles formation toolbox and add something new. The best way to do this is to try different things in lessons, in drills, and in practice matches, times when it doesn't count. Don't pull this out. If you've never done it before, don't try a new formation in the middle of one of your league matches. But if you've been avoiding coming up to the net with your partner to play out doubles points, it is time to take your doubles up a level and get out of that one-up, one-back formation. And you may need to strongly encourage your reluctant partner to try something different too. Maybe even get them to listen to this podcast so they know what you're talking about. The good news is in the next episode, I'm going to talk about the pros and cons of another doubles formation. And that's the double up at the net formation when both partners are playing up. So if you think you're ready to try something different and you want to get away from that one up, one back formation and using it every time, then you're definitely going to want to tune in to the next episode. So I will have that episode I mentioned on the I-formation in the show notes for this episode, which you can find over at tennisfixation.com slash quicktips177. If you're interested in some other great tips, specifically if you're interested in tuning up your serve, then be sure and grab my totally free ebook, 10 quick fixes to improve your serve, no lessons required. In it, I give my 10 absolutely best tips for getting a better serve fast. Just go to tennisfixation.com slash free F-R-E-E to get instant access to that free resource. Now, if you've already signed up for my free serve ebook and you just can't find it, don't worry. I'm going to make it easy for you to re-download it. Just be sure and watch your email inbox because I'm sending all of my email subscribers a special email where I will ask you to confirm that you really, really want to stay on my email list. And when you hit that confirm link, you'll be taken to a special page on my Tennis Fixation website where you can easily grab the Serve Tips book again. So, no searching through your computer or through your stacks of tennis stuff to find it again. Just be sure you click that link in the special email that you get. And if you have questions about any of this stuff, you can always reach out to me by emailing me at kim at tennisfixation.com. I would love to hear from you. That's it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. And as always, happy tennis.